The voice of reason. The voice of alarm. The voice of stats. The voice of scouts. The voice of Kool-Aid. The voice of dismay. The voice of Davo. And what a nice way to start off the 2016 season. 40,000 plus celebrating a World Series title and flag being raised pregame in front of the defeated. And then the defeated are defeated again as Casey nips and holds off the Mets 4-3 to three and survives an eight-inning scare in Joaquin Soria's Royals debut. We'll talk plenty more about Soria because that seems to be the hot topic tonight for many Royals fans. We'll break down the entire game, as we will the majority of times this year, on post games here on your dish on Clubhouse Conversation with me, Dave O. We'll be here the majority of the 2016 season, as we have been the last couple. There will be some exceptions, mainly weekday day games. Some of those there won't be post games, including Tuesday. But the majority of times, 110 plus times, you'll find us here all season long on Clubhouse Conversation. Tell a friend. You can follow us at Royals Clubhouse on Twitter, Clubhouse Conversation, Facebook, bookmark the site, and of course, subscribe on iTunes and have all of our dishes and interviews with current and former Royals players downloaded automatically into your iTunes. All right, so let's get to our player of the game as we start off this one, and that's Edinson Volquez. Pretty easy choice. You did see Eric Hosmer have a huge night getting on base three times. Ditto for Locaine, couple of knocks and an RBI for Omar. But it's Edinson Volquez in the Royals' defense, the story of this one. As Volquez uses some guts and great defense to throw six shutout innings. And it turned out that it was a good thing, by the way, that Volquez got through that sixth inning. As Luke Hochaver was warming up behind Volquez in that sixth, had anybody gotten on base the last couple of hitters there, he would have been out, no doubt. And it's a good thing that nobody did because the Royals would later need Luke Hochaver to bail them out of a hairy eighth. More on that in a second. But yeah, Eddie was steady again. Sitting consistently 94-95, topping 96, was 197. Just looked awesome out there. The changeup was a was a good friend tonight for Volquez as he changed speeds very well. His line, six innings, just two hits. 5Ks and three walks, did throw 106 pitches in his six innings, was nails. Now, had he had the Mets defense out there, he probably gives up two, maybe three runs tonight. As the Royals, once again, play phenomenal defense to end three innings in a row. Let's start with the second. There were some magnificent plays out there. Just when you think, well, there's the great play of the night for the Royals on defense that we're accustomed to seeing. There was three great plays, back-to-back-to-back innings. Second inning, runners at first and third, two outs. Travis Dorno, Mets catcher up there. He chops a ball right behind third. Moose kind of going to his right, gloves it. Has the arm strength to gun out Dorno, who runs pretty decent for a catcher. Sorry, John Walton. I know John hates it when people say runs well for a catcher. Does run pretty well for a catcher. Gets him on a great play and gets the Royals out of that inning, literally. First and third, two outs. If, if Moose doesn't make that throw and over half of Major League third basemen don't, that's a run right there. And the inning keeps going. Who knows what happens after that? But Moose did make the play, gets the Royals out of it. Third inning. All right, let's fast forward. That That's the only play of the night, right? The great one? Nope. Next inning, even better. Third inning, two outs. You get runners at first and second. Lucas Duda hits a hot shot, squares it up over to Eric Hosmer's right. Haas, tremendous backhand. And tosses it 3-1 to Edinson Volquez, who's wisely, 
covering first base, as they practice so many times in PFPs out there in surprise. The Royals get out of the third thanks to a great play by Hosmer. I tweeted out at that point at Royals Clubhouse, Dear Lucas Duda, that's how a real first baseman plays. Sincerely, Eric Hosmer. And that's what that was. Tremendous play. But then the fourth inning, to me, is the one that takes the cake. And by the way, Salvi, not only we're about to talk about that great play he made in the fourth, a couple of smothered jobs there behind the dish that were just fantastic. At this point in his career, he surpassed Mr. Molina. There's no doubt he's the best defensive catcher in baseball. Period. There's no arguing. None. Fourth inning, runners at first, or runner at first, I should say. Runner at first base, two outs there in the fourth. Michael Conforto, Mets DH, sitting there at first base, completely swipes the bag on Nelson Volquez. Easy stolen base. He literally stole the base on the pitcher. But then Salvador Perez, from his knees, guns the ball perfectly down at the ankle level. That was slightly to the first base side of second base to Omar Infante's left. Infante makes a great play, by the way, as well. Getting that, digging it out, slapping the tag on Conforto, and the Royals get out of that fourth inning. Again, I mean, he was safe. There's, the guy had the stolen. The, the base was stolen. Literally, the base was stolen. There is no way anybody makes that play. But Salvi did. No idea how he made that play. I swear to God, that's one of the best defensive catching throws I've ever seen before. You know, it's the first game of the season. It's not in the playoffs. It's not in the World Series. So that will be very much forgotten by a game five. But my goodness, what a play that was from Salvador Perez. And again, who knows what happens if the Royals don't make one or two of those plays? Any other major league team doesn't make at least one, probably only makes one of those three plays. Probably two of those three plays don't get made with another major league team. Obviously, the play in the fourth doesn't get made. Maybe they split the other two. Maybe maybe the Hosmer play gets made by a lot of first base, but not the third base play by Moose. I mean, but the point being, the Royals definitely easily saved one round with their defense, probably more. I mean, you got to figure, you know, you can't just assume the next hitter is going to get out. I mean, there's, there's a good chance the door gets opened up later. I mean... Volkes probably doesn't go six innings. The whole game could change. The bullpen gets in earlier. The whole game changes. You know how baseball is. It's a very butterfly effect game where one slight move affects the next move, which affects the next move. And I guess all of life and sports are like that as well. But my goodness, the pitching and defense. And we saw again pitching and defense. We saw the Mets do the exact opposite again in the first inning. I mean, in a way, they lost by a run. You can almost go back and say they lost the game right off the bat. The ball off the bat of Moose was smoked. Into left field, second hitter of the game, <laughs> right into Yoannis Cespedes. I still have no idea in hell how that guy won a gold glove. Right at him, in the glove, smoke, but a routine play for a major league left fielder drops it for Nair. Then you get a pass ball on Dorno. The, the Mets just gifted the Royals two bases, and of course the Royals on Eric Hosmer's knock make them pay. Right there, you illustrate what happens when you do and don't play defense. Right there. Mets give away a run. The Royals are probably plus two on defense, at least plus one. You've got to say plus two because they directly saved one, maybe two runs. And, and again, more hits after, for sure saved one or two runs, possibly three, four, five runs. You don't know what would have happened. And then there's one other thing, two other things I want to talk about in this game. One thing we're used to seeing and one thing that we're not. The one we're used to was keeping the line moving and, and two out rallies. And it wasn't a, like a classic Royals keep the line moving. I realized it was only three hits in a row with two outs. But it was pretty typical Royals, right? Two outs in the bottom of the sixth inning. Royals up, what, 2 nothing at the point? Then they get two runs with two outs. Alex Gordon on a 2-2 count lines a ball into center field. 
drives in Kendrys Morales, just in front of the center fielder. So there you go. Then Salvi singles Gordo to third. So you've got runners on the corners now. So back-to-back two-out hits, pitching change, Omar Infante, base knock up the middle to, to drive in Alex. Raymond Fuentes did get retired in that inning. By the way, found it semi, not really interesting, semi-interesting that they did not go to Paul Orlando for defense in the 8th or ninth, considering Orlando definitely has the better arm. But then again, I have not seen enough of Fuentes to know if he takes good routes and how he is. We'll, we'll know that you know, a couple, three or four more weeks. We'll know that with due time, how he is as far as range and route-wise. But I was a little surprised we didn't see Orlando, but I guess it answers that question. So obviously it's not that big of a deal because Ned will make that defensive switch. So Fuentes must be pretty good range-wise. I've not seen it with my two eyes yet, so I'm not going to comment on that. So that's just one thing I noticed. I, I thought that Orlando might come in there for defense like Ned did so much last year with Rios, even Gordon when he was a little bit slow there. And Ned likes a late game substitutions on the infield. We've seen that the last few years as well. But So that answered one question. Fuentes must be pretty good defensively. The arm's not where it should be for right field, but otherwise, route-wise and range, he must be. That's one thing I noticed. The other thing I kind of noticed was that, surprise the role reversal, that Soria pitched the eighth and Herrera moved to the seventh. With as, as dynamite as Herrera was, I figured it would be Soria seventh, Herrera eighth, Davis ninth, and maybe it still will because let's get to, you know, Soria. So that's the thing we're not used to seeing. The thing we are used to seeing, when I said that a second ago, was moving the line. The thing we're not is the bullpen looking human. Calvin Herrera was even hit fairly hard for his standards. A ball smoked into left that Gordon caught to lead off that seventh inning. A ball Kane just couldn't quite catch there in left center off the fence. Did throw a scroll of seventh, but for his standards was hit decently. Wade Davis was lit up for his standards, right? A walk, which is probably a BS, probably should have been a strikeout, but a walk and a hit. So for Wade's standards, that's like he got lit up like a Christmas tree. Shut out innings with two Ks, but two runners got on? Man, what, what's wrong with them? Make the change, right? But no, Davis, for real, of course, gets out of that first and third, just as he did in the in uh, the ALCS against Toronto. This time it was back-to-back Ks of two great hitters and David Wright and Ewan Assessment as he gets out of that. But Soria, you know, besides Davis, you can joke, all joking aside, didn't really struggle. But kind of, I guess you could say, for his standards, the line wasn't perfect. You know, Herrera was hit a little bit. But Soria struggled mightily tonight, and that's something we're not used to seeing in the eighth inning of a Royals game in a few years now. Two-thirds of an inning is all that Jack could get, and he allowed three runs on three hits. Two walks and a K. The walks aren't good. You know what? On a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being concerned, how concerned am I? Two. Not concerned at all. If I see three more of these in a row, you know, we'll start talking about it. The, you know, the walks aren't good. Uh, aren't a good thing, you know. But the three hits, two of them were complete bloop jobs, you know. And they're hits. I'm not saying they're not. They're still hits. I mean, Darno, a nice piece of hitting. I don't know if he meant to hit the ball to the left side where it's wide open, but he did. You know, a couple of those were just not hit hard. Would have been would have been a double play had it been hit a little bit harder before that, a couple of years before that. So, I mean, some of it, a little bad luck there. Leading off the inning, had a hitter down with, with two strikes and a breaking ball low and away that was a, a good piece of hitting to hit the ball up the middle. You know, could, couldn't put the guys away. It wasn't sharp tonight. I'm not worried about it. Luke Hochevers, so that's me addressing Soria. I mean, there's not much to talk about. I mean, it, you know, it's one freaking game, and he was fine because of Luke Hochaver, who came in and bailed him out, Kang as Drupal Cabrera to get the Royals out of that eighth inning. And again, it's a good thing that Hochaver was saved thanks to Eddie going six. The Royals get the win. Nice win. 
Good way to start off the season for sure. Now, you come back on Tuesday, get tomorrow off, get rested up, find a place to live. If you're guys, you know, some of these guys like G and Wong and Fuentes and some of these guys who haven't been here before, find a place to live, kind of get, you know, your bearings, get a little Kansas City barbecue, have a couple drinks in the plaza, you know, relax, sleep in tonight and then into tomorrow. Come back on Tuesday, play then, and then they get two more days off till the Twins come Friday. So we will not have another dish till Friday evening. We'll not be able to get to a dish in time for most weekday day games, but we'll have every other pretty much game this year. So no dish on Tuesday, but we'll you know the season will basically get going officially on Friday. This is you know, and and I get it. The Sunday game, the Monday game became a Sunday. The Tuesday probably would have been a Wednesday. So you know, I don't think it, it was. I've never the Royals have never had scheduled two days off in a row in the first week. So that was a scheduling quirk there. You know, and obviously the Royals would like to have one or two of those days in August, July, when it's 100 degrees with humidity and, you know, they're playing, what, 20 out of 22 days and guys are worn down and injured and it's hot and, man, those off days would sure be nice later in the season. But, you know, it is what it is. So the Royals will make do, hopefully grab another win. It's Chris Young and Noah Syndergaard on Tuesday. And I, I suppose, you know, we'll know more about Ian Kennedy. Now, if, now, speaking of concern level, if Kennedy doesn't make a start on Friday, then I'll be concerned about that front. Right now I'm at a two on that as well, you know, just because he has had hamstring issues last year, which, you know, cost him a few starts. So, uh, you know, somebody tweeted me about that earlier today at Royals Clubhouse. Are you, you know, I see Young's officially pitching. Are you worried about Kennedy? No. Now, you know, if getting an extra four days, well, three days, you'd have Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. If getting an extra three days, you know, after leaving that last start early and he still can't make a start on Friday, then we'll talk a little bit. But not too concerned about that or Jack. Not concerned about anything right now with the Royals. Dyson's about, you know, seven to ten days away from starting his rehab assignment. Everyone else, knock on wood, the key players, we lost Collins, but everybody else is healthy. Shocked, by the way, that Greg Holland hasn't signed with somebody yet. Interesting. Thought for sure he'd send a two-year deal and rehab this year for cheap, maybe a million bucks with the Royals, and then give them a decent contract for next year. Perhaps Holland is looking to prove his rehab, work really hard this season, and try to get a, a bigger deal for next year. Maybe he's looking to make, you know, be ready easily by opening day next year, you know, go full go in spring training. So maybe he's going to try to prove himself and do some tryouts and stuff later in the summer slash fall and get a bigger deal for next year. And that's why he doesn't want a two-year deal. It's interesting to me. Maybe he still will sign a two-year deal soon. But another random thought here is I have diarrhea of the brain at 1228 a.m. Let's go ahead and post this on online here so you can check this out. Most people won't get to this till Monday, I'm assuming. People working and Having, you know, people aren't up till 1 a.m. like me. So we'll talk to you again, though. Uh, you know, more interviews. If, if you're new to us, we have interviews all year round. We hear from a former player approximately 50 of the 55 weeks during this during the year. Current players pretty much every single week of the regular season, all the way from rookie ball to KC. So, you know, we'll be kicking out those current player interviews here in the next two weeks and more former player interviews and post games the majority of nights. Clubhouseconversation.com. Thanks for listening. Appreciate you spreading the word. And we'll talk to you again Friday evening. One and zero. Your Royals. Good night.